Hello. Welcome to another episode of Say Something <laughs> Interesting, follow a podcast from East Lake Tri-Cities. Who are you? I'm talking quiet because we just <laughs> we just talked about how when we do a sound check, uh, Megan always, I'll go, all right, we're going to test the audio and she'll go, okay, ready? Hi, I'm Megan. <laughs> and talk in a way that she doesn't actually normally uh, talk. Uh, it's like, not true. That's I'm actually quite loud. Testing voice. Yeah, I think I just get excited. Actual voice is very meek and mild. No, oh, it's not. Please, sir, may I have one more? <laughs> that's how it is. There's no part of my voice ever that's meek and mild. Well, I don't know. <laughs> How's Megan doing? Pretty good. I should say I, this is the follow-up podcast from East Lake Church. Oh, yeah. Church. <laughs> Uh, my name is Brent, the teaching pastor. My friend Megan's here uh, with me. Hi. As well. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's starting to feel like a little springtime yeah. here. I have one tulip. <laughs> one? Yep. That's nice. <laughs> well, because I this is my first spring in my yeah. house. Did you plant it or no, was it already there? It just popped up. Oh, good. And wow, I was like, bonus. like a month ago. And I was yeah. like, oh, hey. And <laughs> That's always it fun. opened for the first time yesterday. Oh, nice. Um, it's yellow and has a black inside. I got so. my sprinklers up and go. Do you have sprinklers? I do, but I am uh, not. I'm going to wait and do that for a while. Smart. Yeah. Because it's cool enough that it doesn't matter. And it doesn't really need it. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it was like I had nothing going on on Saturday and I had a couple hours and I knew that I had at least two that I needed to work on turns out yeah. i've got about four that need work which got is it. always exciting it's yeah. always just a fun little present to open yeah. every, every i have spring. one for sure that i know needs something done to it which i've never done any of that ever before so yeah. that'll be great <laughs> um, it's so fun <laughs> as i was digging in the dirt and yeah. uh and coming up against all kinds of tree roots uh, that had in taken in uh, yeah, on the sprinkler uh-huh. i was like this is this is how i love spending saturdays yeah. <laughs> if i could dial it up and picture it it would be doing this. Uh, yeah. It is interesting, though, because the crabgrass doesn't start getting, like, the real grass is green now, but all my, I have a lot of crabgrass in my yard. Mm. And so I'm like, okay, that's the percentage. There we go. Good to know. Yeah. 75% crabgrass. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very at least. Good. At least. <laughs> that's fun. I like um, it. Yeah. So right, this summer's a job, like, mission with that. I think it might be, like, a take it all up and resod kind of wow okay that's big like process. it's but i don't because i don't know how how do you get rid of crabgrass otherwise uh yeah i mean you, <laughs> when what, it's like what you try when and it's do, like over 50 percent of yeah, your yard i don't know i mean i'm not good at that kind of stuff you yeah, kill exactly. it but then you yeah, but then you kill everything over. you need the, the good grass to overpower the crabgrass uh, yeah and exactly it out, and i just don't know if you can get there at 50 75 yeah i don't know either mm. so anyway the goal for this I'm not summer not a lawnologist <laughs> Um, so I don't know. I couldn't give you, I couldn't give you any authoritative advice Uh, on that. So the goal for this summer is just to keep it away from places I don't want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, prevention of expansion. That's what this summer's goal is. If you can't tell, uh, based on the topic that we decided to start the podcast with, I turned 40 last week, which feels very appropriate to be talking about lawns as if other people are very interested in our lawns. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, these are the musings of these are um, the musings. You know, middle-aged and close to Megan middle-aged homeowners. Came to my birthday. Party I sure did. On okay, night. I was didn't know if you were going to bring it up because you got all mad at me last week for well, bringing it up. No, I. I, <laughs> I wasn't mad. It was, uh, you know, it hadn't happened yet. So uh, okay. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, so we we had a, some friends over and we played some. We did a trivia night. Mm-hmm. 
and it was all trivia based, not like on me, but yeah. like things that I like or yeah. movies that I, whatever. And uh, you were on team, what was your team name? The Over Unders. Oh, that was a safe one. We had some not so safe. Yeah, which people titles. didn't get, but I was like, no, this is a perfect Brent it trivia is. night it's a game. That's a great, Thank you. great one. Thank you. I came up with it. It yeah. was my idea. Kylie got it. She said it. Yeah, right? and then and then Eric Retness was like, what does that even mean? And yeah. I was like, it's Eric, a betting thing. You know what? <laughs> Stop. And he was like, oh, they're great if you have to explain them. And I was like, excuse me. Yeah, I didn't have here. to explain it to hey, the people this name glasses. is for. Go home. <laughs> You're from Spokane. You don't even know. Uh, he did drive down from Spokane. Yes, for it, so. which is great. But Beautiful. I was just Thank in you, my Eric. head. I was like, I Brent got it. Brent got, got it. it. I got it. I, and that's who, the only person I care. Totally. Um, you were the only person I cared. I'm who trying to recollect uh, where you stood in the standings. In oh, terms like of, third to last or yeah, something like okay. that. Yeah, not great. Rough. To to be fair, the two teams that were like winners mm -hmm. were um, comprised of your childhood friends. So uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> and your sister. That was so. the, the secret weapon. They didn't even win. My sister and I know, but who was in, the team who won? Are my like brother-in-law were all on one team, and they got second. Which I know, is but good. the team that won yeah. was a team of like forty-year-old men. Yeah, who Similar have season. known you sure. for who know over the a decade between Eve Six and Third Eye Blind. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so like. I was like, okay, it makes sense that the, that's the team that it won. It did. It was great. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. We had uh, uh, we had some car trivia that our our resident uh, GM <laughs> of McCurley uh, got wrong, which is yeah, great. That yeah. was always fun. I got to it wrong celebrate. too. Yeah. But there was some uproar about that. What one. was the best round that your team did? The visual round, I think. Okay, so we which took, we did we took double points on that seven too, movies so. and replaced one of the. Uh, faces on the cover mm -hmm. uh, with oh, my well, face. Oh, well, I guess actually we got 100% on the on the last round, which was the anagrams. Yeah, but everybody, but everybody did. did that, was, so. that was a giveaway yeah. round. I don't know. Yeah. The, see, my, I love my wife. That should have been an <laughs> opening round. Get yeah. everybody's juices flowing. Be like, yeah. oh, we're good, guys. We're in this. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it, that's not how it worked. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It was, um, she did I'm not complaining. No, nope, she did, awesome. she did she wonderful. Was amazing. Um, but the movie round, so like we got, there were two movies that we didn't get and then one actor that we didn't get. I got criticized from my brother-in-law, uh, Matt Shank, uh, for the movies that I uh, supposedly, um, <laughs> in, any guesses on which movies he was like, come on, bro. Moulin Rouge. Uh, that was one of them. And, and, um, Oh, Les Mis. Yes, yeah. both. You nailed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm like, dude, I had Green Street Hooligans on there. I had Swingers. Yeah. I also, had Goodwill Hunting. Anybody knows you knows you like musicals. I do, yeah. <laughs> like good ones, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I like the arts, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> Gow. Get like over he listens yourself. to this. Yeah, no, he, de <laughs> he doesn't. He definitely doesn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got, um, I forgot who the actor was in V for Vendetta. Mm, yeah, and then we didn't get swingers or same Green guy Street as Mr. Anderson in The Matrix. That doesn't help Hugo me. Hugo Weaving. Sorry. Yeah, that doesn't help me at yeah. all. So, anyway, all that to say, we that was our best round. Yeah, I think that's good. So that's fun. Yeah, it was fun, fun to have everybody. Did you see the sign uh, that Kylie made? 
I don't think it, uh, it was like our three part sign that we used for Easter, and then she made a new a new sign down there. I think some people missed it, and it was really good. No, it says, I, I didn't see it. It. Had, it said "Have a cold one for the old one," and it had arrows to <laughs> right to the soda and water. Oh, and left the beer. I didn't go over to the like snacks and drinks table, oh, so on. that's probably why I didn't see it. Well, anyways, it was great. She's so creative <laughs> on it. It was great. We had pictures of uh, of growing up and uh-huh. me uh, in senior uh, year of high school with bleached blonde hair, bleached tips. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It was nice. a lot of good times. Yeah. I got I got a Starbucks card <laughs> from that you. That was not the best gift you got, though. That was a good one, though. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad yeah. you liked it. You know who really liked that one? Um, did you manage to not Everybody hide it? Everybody else in my family yeah. <laughs> who ripped through all my cards and said, oh, look, there's rude. one for me. Totally rude. <laughs> Get out of here. These are my gifts. I know. What I what I thought was because like, you're going on a trip soon, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, "Ooh, Starbucks out. is a good thing to have they're when everywhere. you're traveling because yeah. they're everywhere." Airports. Absolutely. That's genuinely the thought no, that went through my brain. Idea. So I pr- here's the deal. I promise it will be spent. Oh, yeah. In the month of April. Oh, it's, yeah. It's gone. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, for sure. Because once you have it, then you're yeah. like, "Let's go to Starbucks." Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why would we not? Talk yourself into it a whole lot more. People who sell gift cards know what they're doing, man. <laughs> they're not stupid. They are not stupid. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anything else happening exciting over the weekend? No. Oh, I've been watching Star Wars. That was the other thing I had. On oh, there. really? Like the yeah. original three? So I went. I've gone through in like the storyline chronological order. Okay. So I hadn't ever really watched episode two and three because everyone talked them down so much. Which I think made me not hate them that much because I had really low expectations. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I watched like Phantom Menace and oh, Clone Wars, so and you know, I watched the three episode one, two, three. Yeah. And then I watched four, five, six, and um. This, You're going for it. Yeah, and this weekend I watched seven and eight, and then I have nine left to watch. Wow. So look at you. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. What was the uh, impetus of, of starting those. I don't know. I was like, let's watch something. And I was like, oh, Star Wars is on Disney Plus. Let's watch those. Okay. So. <laughs> Have you tagged along on any of the uh, offshoots, the Andor yeah, or I the watched, Mandalorian or anything So like I've that? watched some of the Mandalorian. I haven't watched the most recent season yep, me yet. Um, and then I watched Boba Fett. Okay. And then I've seen Rogue One, but I haven't seen the Solo movie yet. Yeah. Is that a um, movie? It's a movie, yeah. Yeah, they just came out. They yeah, came out with a movie right. not that long ago. Yeah. I haven't watched um, it either. Those ones are like Star Wars stories, so they're like yeah, based on characters or whatever, but they're not like in the chronology I've necessarily. I've tried to start Andor twice and just have not been able to do yeah, it. Yeah. I think I've watched the first episode and- It's a little dark, it's a little It's a little slow. dark and slow, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, I'm tired. I usually watch them at night after everybody goes mm-hmm. to bed. And so then I'm like, if it's dark and slow, I fall asleep. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I'll do it next. I'll do it tomorrow. And then I just don't ever get to it. So. Oh, I've also watched um, Kenobi or Obi-Wan. What's it called? What's the show called? I think it's Obi-Wan. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't watch that one. Yeah, I, heard, yeah. like, I heard that one was lame. So. It's fine. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Kylie and I uh, are are catching up or are watching uh, Succession. They just launched their final Ooh, season. Oh, yeah. I saw ads for that recently. Oh, my lands. It has been <laughs> crazy. It was one of those, uh, like two episodes ago was one of those episodes where everybody that you know that watches it is called like slyly trying to figure out if you've watched yeah, it. Yeah, so that they so can that talk they to you can about, talk it. about it. So like Jenny came and filmed our intro video uh-huh. the other day and she's all, um, hey, just by chance, have you, uh, have you watched episode three yet? And we're like, no, we're actually getting to the night. And she's like, Ugh. 
okay. Uh, She's like, great. I don't know what we're going to talk about then. Yeah. My sister <laughs> texted me and she goes, call me after you watch it, no matter what time of night it is. <laughs> that's, that's, wow. Yeah. Call me. Call me, not text no, me. No, don't text Call me. me. Don't waste it. Is yeah. it your sister Brittany or Brittany, like the yeah. next one down? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's been really good. Uh, it's really crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's we've cool. been really enjoying it. I should talk about it now and just spoil it for everybody else, but well, nobody spoiled rude. it for me. I was, re- I really went into it, uh, not uh, w- with no, um, like, even, even though everyone was like. Well, so yeah, so that's the hard part. You knew something big was happening, yeah. right? And you could kind of get, and in fact, Kylie kind of guessed it. Yeah. Um, and only because everybody was like, you yeah, know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and so I would, you know, I would say that it wasn't completely shocking. Yeah. Um, but uh, but still, nevertheless, it was. It just hit home, and it's the final season, uh, and so they're definitely starting to wrap things up. Yeah, and I'm gonna be very very sad when that show is over. <laughs> very sad. So uh, yeah. Well, Anyways, you know. it's good. Yeah. Ooh, I also speaking of shows yeah. in their last season, the marvelous marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I like. Yeah. Um, they're doing. They just started releasing their la- fifth and last season. Yeah. So I also watched that this weekend. The three yeah. episodes they released last. Is Friday. there? Uh, I know. I know the background of it. She's supposed to be a, a comedian when women in comedy were not. Yeah. Really so a she's. Thing. It's like the late fifties, early sixties. Yeah. And she was like kind of breaking barriers and walls and all. Well, that kind of yeah. Things. And the first season, she's just like a Jewish housewife in the Upper East Side. Yeah. And then her husband cheats on her and in like her emotional whatever she ends up getting up on stage and doing comedy doing stand-up bit kind of like just from her head and in that process discovers that she actually really is real one really funny and two really enjoys it and this becomes like a dream for her so she like is pursuing being a stand-up comedian yeah which is cool so is uh is there a lot of actual stand-up oh yeah Uh even now even these seasons yeah yeah Uh yeah that's great yeah in this season, she's like a she just became like a writer for like a Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show kind of a thing, but it's like Gordon Ford, which is like a fake. But you know, it's like yeah, yeah. it's like it's a fake. To be like a, a it's like a their version of Tonight Show or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, Johnny Carson or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Cool. There you yeah. go. Uh, we started a new series on Sunday. Yeah, we did. We talked about uh, you know asking better questions and being the smartest person in the room by asking the best questions. <laughs> you are a teacher. You get asked a lot of questions. I do get asked a lot of do questions. Do you feel like that principle stands true for your students? Like the ones who ask good questions, I think they're smart? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that people who ask dumb questions realize the exposure or the... <laughs> I was just reading in the Proverbs today. Yeah. Uh, I'm today. I was in uh, chapters fifteen through twenty, and somewhere in there is um, even the even a fool comes across as wise when he keeps his mouth shut. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> you know, better to be a fool who doesn't speak than somebody yeah. who opens up their mouth and and just like yeah. solves the issue for them. Except for <laughs> me, like I'm pretty big on like please. Please be a fool. Like Yeah, yeah. You only get better by asking. Yeah. Dumb and so yeah. I'm not I'm not really one like, I don't know. Sometimes for me, dumb questions are I was one hundred percent not paying attention to you. Yeah. And so I'm gonna ask you this question that you've already answered. Yeah. And that I would know if I was listening to yeah. you. Um, those are dumb questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> we just talked about this, yeah. honey. <laughs> so when I spend five minutes explaining something, and then you look at me and go, "What are we supposed to do?" 
And that is a dumb question. That's yeah. actually like my, le- I hate that question. Why don't you get a hall pass and go to the bathroom real quick? Yeah, no, I don't even, I just am like, ask your friends. I'm, I can't. <laughs> I, I literally would be like, I can't. Ask the people around you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, and then I go and check in and make sure they actually do know what they're supposed to be doing. But yeah. Yeah. Who, who in your life do you think asks really good questions? Is there anybody in particular mm. that when you're with them, uh, even if it's just the, the like a face-to-face conversation with you, with the two of you, or um, or maybe you went to school with them mm-hmm. or something like that. But like somebody who like when they have a question, it's usually pretty well thought out, and it's not egotistical. It's not like, like of me or just in general. Of you? No, like no. asking questions of Ask, me. Like somebody who just asks good questions. Oh, okay. Not not of you oh, necessarily, okay, okay. but um, yes. I don't know. I mean, I feel like my family. My mom asks good questions. I think my sister's a good question asker. Yeah. Um, she's pretty like academic and introspective. So she uh, she asks good questions. I don't know. I feel like I have a lot of people who ask good questions. Yeah. And then know that I'm one of them, on, if I'm being completely honest with you. Because um, sometimes I'm not very deep. So I, I don't know. I sometimes I feel like good questions are, are deeper questions or like more thoughtful questions. And I'm not always that in the moment cause I process externally. Yeah. And so sometimes I just have to like ask the dumb question so that I can understand enough to like get where, somewhere else with yeah. it. No, that makes sense. I get that. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, who I, asks good questions in your life? I mean, I I feel like I have a friend Matt who I think always asks good questions. I feel like my brother in law Peter is a good question asker, and and there's a way in doing questions which you know can communicate um, not just one step ahead, but like several steps ahead about what you're you know what that what the motivation is for asking those those questions. And sometimes mm-hmm. you don't even realize it until later. You're like, oh, they were. Um, they were uh, two steps ahead, but asking almost like leading me along mm-hmm. in the process. Yeah, that's a teaching me thing to participate in it. Yeah, <laughs> at my pace. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and get there. You yeah. know what I mean? That's a like question asking is a big thing in teaching. Like being a good question asker. Yeah, is like is paramount in terms of like letting kids be able to learn themselves yeah. instead of just like uh, memorizing things you say. Yeah. So that's why, like, you know, kids talk about it all the time, but they're like, you don't ever answer a question. Like, you answer questions with questions all the time. And I was like, yes. <laughs> do I? <laughs> but a bang, got him. <laughs> I don't usually do that. I'm usually just like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get you to think that. Yeah. Like, I want you to, th- like, get there yourself, you know? And the, and the point of uh, the talk from Sunday was um, you should take that sort of inquisitive ness and the power of curiosity um into uh reading of scripture as well like we should not be afraid of of having difficult questions asked of what what it is that we're reading um i think that that can help us i think that actually can you know it's not a sign of disloyalty um it shouldn't cause us to feel anxious when those questions aren't even answered like like forgot we said sometimes unanswered questions make you feel forgotten but Mm -hmm. um i don't think that God is afraid of questions, and I don't think that us saying, okay, this is supposed to be God's holy word, and there's definitely a certain um, sect of uh, religious people who mm-hmm. 
hold that to say any critique of this is complete and utter blasphemy and you either take it all in or don't take it at all or you know whatever mm-hmm. it's just like a weird it can it can be a very divisive line yeah. uh, for a lot of people and i did not grow up in that kind of a faith tradition yeah. so like i've never sure you, you grew up presbyterian been, yeah, mm-hmm. which has been kind of like known as a people yep. of the text yep um willing to explore willing to uh interpret live. ask questions yeah yeah for sure yeah. and um in fact encouraged to yeah i would say even right um yeah and i think like if you for me like that's that's how you learn yeah. like why wouldn't god want us to ask questions yeah like it if you're going to make it something that's your own, you have to question it. Yeah. You have to ask of it, how is this related to me? What am I going to do with this? Like, if you're not actively engaging in it, it's not going to become part of you in a true sense, you know? Yeah, and I think, unfortunately, when that pressure is like that, then uh, one of the temptations or tendencies is to altogether stop participating mm-hmm. in the text and be like, well, I don't want to have doubts or questions about it, but I do still want to be religious and uh, Christian and everything else. And I like church and I like worship and I like the idea of um, trying to follow in the way of Jesus. And yet when I, when I personally get dive into a text, it just leads me to more frustrating questions. And so therefore I just won't read a text. I'll just wait for Brent to talk about it or somebody else to talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that I wanted to say was like, ah, there's better options though. Like there's there's definitely other other strategies than than just avoidance of the text because sure. you don't like you don't like the tension of having to live in the unknowns or the uh yeah, doubts or whatever else mm-hmm. about it. So yeah. I don't know. But you know, that's that's where learning happens though, right? In the margins, when we are uncomfortable, when we are, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm I'm taking a drink of water. Oh, <laughs> uh, it just sounded really loud in my ears, so yeah, I'm guessing it was probably will be loud on the screen. Yeah, anyway, um, so but that when we're in that place, that's where learning happens. Like yeah. if you look at any learning model, when you're comfortable, you're not learning. Yeah, and so like you ha- like. In order to learn, you have to be a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You have to be on the outside of your comfort zone so that you can learn. You need doubt. Those are those are things that are given to us so that we can learn about God and so that we can understand our place in his world and how to move forward with the things that he said about us. Yep, absolutely. For sure. We also uh, went into sort of an Eastern and Western way of reading the text. Mm-hmm. Um, so to ask better questions, we have to learn to kind of play with both hands, we said, um, that that the way that we think and the way that we process information is different from how they would have processed information and, and continue on, uh, in, the e- in the Eastern world to kind mm-hmm. of process information. We have different uh, art. We have different food styles. We have, you know, you go to a different place. When you show up in a foreign country, you assume that you're a tourist, and so your your antennas are up for different things. And you'd be like, oh, they do this here in this way. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we don't take that into account when we read scripture, then we're not 
really being good tourists of kind of the space. We're not respecting the space. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you, you go into a, a Hindu temple or you go into a whatever else and you respect, and you should respect their space. You should mm -hmm. take your shoes off. You don't have to believe what they believe, but you should be like, I'm a guest here. This is their zone. Mm -hmm. I'm the one that needs to adapt and learn. Um, and I don't expect them to change. So uh, in the same way would be true for literary tourism, uh, which is the, you know, the quote that we'd used on Sunday. Um, that we we do that every time that we open God's Word uh, and and uh, open up Scripture. We we are learning from the histories of a bunch of people who have wrestled with the idea of God for a long time, and they grew up in a very different zone than us. The past is a different country; they do things different there. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, and I mean, and a different culture. Like you know, even today, like Middle Eastern culture is very different than American culture, and so trying to look at it through. I mean, you, yeah, you see it through your American lens, but you also have to understand the Middle Eastern lens that it was written in. Yeah, yeah. To fully understand what it means and how it's working and what it meant to the people then, because like that changes how you can see the meaning now. Uh -huh. Yeah, so. and we went through a couple examples. We said they, they do words differently or they, they see the purpose of words are different. Yep. The uh, use of numbers is very different. Mm -hmm. Um, one of those things that I had mentioned and I hadn't, I didn't go into detail. I cut it out because I just didn't have time for it. And, um, was the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of, cause there's an instance where Jesus feeds 5,000 people. There's an instance where he feeds 4,000 mm -hmm. people. Uh, in one, he's kind of in Galilee area and the other one he's in what's called the Decapolis, which is like the 10 secular cities basically. So when he's in the Jewish homeland, he's teaches, he feeds 5,000 people when he's in, the outside world, he feeds 4,000 people. Well, for them, uh, five was always a number of, when if there were ever anything in, in indicators of five, it was always thought of as the first five books of the Torah, right? Okay. Those, those are their... Those are their core books. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Five means Torah. It means law. It means rules, accountability. Um, we are a people of the law. And a thousand was always a term um, that they would use to kind of justify a people. So a five times a thousand, five thousand is the, a people of the law. So th that's what he gets to. And then what's left over are these 12 baskets for the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he goes to the Decapolis and he preaches to or, or talks to and feeds 4,000 people. Four was always for them the four ends of the earth, north, south, east, west. This is the wider world at a, at a glance. So he's even the communication tool of saying um, he goes and preaches to the the Jewish people or his, his message of love and in his message of who God is is for the Jewish people but there's enough left over to be able to go into the pagan world the north south east west sort of 4000 thing mm -hmm. and preach to them and have things left over yeah. uh, as well so like it's it's a communication of this teaching wasn't just for Jews, it was for the entire world, yeah. and then some beyond yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those who come after that, aka yeah. you and me, two thousand years later. I mean, it's brilliant yeah. in, in that way, and it's beautiful. And when you don't understand, and you get caught in oh, five thousand, four thousand, like when you like we don't we don't read numbers like that in our Western view, right. which is honestly a little bit sad when you understand how like language is used in that way. Then, um, but when you understand it and you see that. Again, like you were talking about playing with both hands, like the piano analogy, when you have the full sound, yeah. 
it brings the picture to life yeah and you understand the true meaning and the like deeper meaning and the fuller meaning of it um and and that's beautiful and that doesn't that's not something to be afraid of right and it's not something to like shy away from because that's the true beauty of that language and of those people and so when you walk into something with just your view and you're not open to seeing what was written then i think it hurts your ability to understand yep and i think the cool part about scripture with all of the history behind it is that really really smart people have been thinking about this for a really really long time so the water is as deep as you want it to go yeah (laughs) (laughs) um which is both good and overwhelming a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, because I oftentimes, if I know I'm speaking on a specific passage or verse, I'll go into my office and pull out all my commentaries on, uh, like first Timothy. I, I knew I wanted at some point in this series, I want to address the, um, uh, the first th- Timothy three three sixteen. you know, all, all scriptures, God's word useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting uh, and all that kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like in preparation, I was like, okay, I got six, seven books are out there. And, but then I'm like, oh, nothing like what if, you know, there's more, or they'll, they'll be referencing, oh, you'll read something somewhere and be like, as so-and-so says, you know, like, yeah. oh, there's one, I, there's another book I need to go get. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you could go on forever, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, continually digging and never really truly find everything. But that's fine. That's yeah, part, which of, the, is, I, but part that's, of the shaping process. But that's also part of the beauty of asking questions is like, I, you know, some people are afraid of that interpretation. Well, you could interpret it any way you want. And yeah. yes, you can. That's the danger of it. But also like, there is so much potential in yeah. it. And I think that it that for us humans to like limit what God means, yeah. like this is the text of God for everyone mm-hmm. throughout time. How can we possibly say that I have the one true interpretation of yeah. that? You know, and like so I think holding it like so firmly held believes loosely held or firmly firm believes loosely held or whatever that yep. phrase is. Yep. Like yeah, I believe in this firmly, but I'm also open yeah. to seeing humble it. Humble enough to be like, yeah. I might not have this right. right? Yeah. But I do think that to, in response to that person who goes, yeah, but you can make it then say anything you want. And and I would say, not not if you're like actually faithful to true core principles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that there are boundaries in place. I think that those boundaries come through what we see in the teachings of Jesus to be like, you know, this idea of loving one another, treating others the way that you would want to be treated. Um, if those are the parameters, then you can't make in- something say anything that you want yeah. it to. You know what I mean? Well, and, and I also think, like, if you are, like, if your goal is to, what were they saying at the time? What what are the cultural implications? What is the language? Like, yeah. And you're doing the correct research in that vein. Like, yeah. that's an... Like that's a true natured or like honest approach to, I'm trying to understand this better. I'm trying to see the full picture better. Yep. And the danger is, uh, that I don't want to ever go into it going, this is what I want it to say. Let me go find words Mm -hmm. that do it. That's not a faithful approach to the text. Mm -hmm. Um, instead of going into it saying, what does it say? What could it possibly mean? What is the most, what's the most plausible answer? 
and uh, then freedom in in that to be like, okay, that's mm-hmm. the most plausible, but it could also you know yeah. mean this. This is challenging. And what do well. I know about who God is and who Christ is yeah. because of what yes. they've showed me? Yep. Right. Yep. So if you're if you're interpreting text with those boundaries and those questions, I think that's a faithful way and a and not a not a heretical way yeah. to question the text and to ask questions of the text. Absolutely. Um, yep. And then the final thing we said was that not only do we read it, but it reads us. And that is, that was kind of my way of saying when we approach this thing, um, it, it will, if we approach it with a sense of curiosity and openness and not really going there to find necessarily justification for already pre-held b- beliefs, but really tell me what it is. Like, I do think it reads us in a way and tells mm-hmm. us what it means to be human on a deep level mm-hmm. because of the humanness and of what, of, of who brought this text to life. Yeah. And um, that it was, I believe, genuine people yeah. wrestling with the idea of God. So, and I think you were also, maybe I'm interpreting this wrong, but like that, that reading us is also like, it can change as we change. Right? 100%. Yeah. And so you use dynamic reading. And I was thinking about that. Um, do you know Avril Lavigne's song, I'm With You? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Please. For I those of you who don't, it's a great 90s. song. I know you are. I'm just like double checking. So I loved Avril Lavigne in the early 2000s. She was great. And she, and I loved what that song. What happened to her? She got Lyme disease. And oh my gosh. was like out for a really long time. But she's like coming back a little bit now. Is she? Okay. Um, Anyway, I re-listened to I'm With You like a year ago. Okay. And let me tell you, it hits different at 35 and single than it does oh, at 15. It does. yeah. And I was like, oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> Avril, that's a deep song for a 20-year-old to write. Come on, you were balling, weren't you? Yeah. Oh, I cried for yeah. sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so I was thinking about that. Like, even, like, we experience that in pop culture, right? And so that's not a foreign idea that things change and you see them differently and you understand them differently as you change as well. Yeah. Um, and so like, and I don't think that's something to be afraid of. I think that's my thing. And one thing I'm thankful for, like my upbringing in the Presbyterian church, like there, those, none of those things were things to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. They were all things to embrace and lean into and like, you know, use them f- to gain understanding. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, I think my little, I like it. Two cents. I like it a lot. Good. Anything else to ask you? No, that was it. Good. Got it all covered then. Yeah. All right. Well, let's transition to our something let's interesting then. You got something for me. I opened to you get to that's go first. Right. I have a baseball thing. Oh, I love baseball. I know you do. Um, and I'm wearing a baseball hat. I know right you now. are. Um, it's your new Mariners hat. It is my new one. It's from, um, <laughs> Mr. Pitzer brought it back for me from the Arizona area. The Arizona area. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, so this is an article. I saw the headline and I was like, what? And the headline says, global warming could be juicing baseball home runs. Oh. Study finds. So a number of years ago, an old commentator, um, Tim McCarver, on television said, um, I'll read the quote, I think ultimately it will be proven that the air is thinner now. There have been climactic changes over the last 50 years in the world, and I think that's one of the reasons that balls are carrying much better now than I remember. The ball that Ramirez hit out, this was at a like commentary or, or at a baseball game, 
the ball that freeze hit out. I don't think either was go. I didn't think either was going to be a home run and yet they made it. And he got, um, like savaged is the word someone else said in there about it. Like people took him to town about it. So this scientist heard that and saw that and was like, well, baseball has plenty of data. Let's do a analysis. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's done a number of analyses over the past few years and has actually determined that on warmer days, you are more likely to hit a home run. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because the air is less dense. Mm -hmm. And so the ball is encountering less, um, excuse me, less um, particles as it's going. And so it's going to travel further. And they even like, even someone was like, yeah, but it's just like pitcher fatigue, right? So like the pitcher's out there longer in the heat. And so they're going to not pitch as much. So he even took it down to, okay, we're going to measure... Like, because we use StatCast now, right, which is a camera that catches the ball right off the bat, so you can get the right off the bat speed and Velocity, the angle. Velocity, angle, yeah. yep. And so let, just from there, from the batter hitting the ball, are they gonna? Are they more likely to be a home run on warmer days? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Um, so up until now, it's been like 1%, so 1%, which isn't very much, um, but it's expected to potentially grow up to 10% um, in the next, like, you know, uh, 90 years as the climate changes and gets warmer. And I just thought that was fascinating um, because it's that like, it's everywhere. It's everything. It's not like the climate has changed and it will impact all. Yeah. And you can see that oftentimes in, in like the difference between a spring game and a summer game in terms of totals and, mm-hmm. and how many runs mm-hmm. are scored. Usually in the summer, there's more yep. um, and definitely at higher altitudes. Colorado Rocky stadiums yep. have an average of, 11 runs scored a game, whereas um, Chicago's like, you know, yeah. seven or eight. Yeah, um, and because in Denver, they're up the altitude, so it's thinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah altitude center there. Um, and the altitude center. The, yeah, the air sorry, center the because air center. the altitude yeah. is higher. Yeah, yeah. That was um, my bad. <laughs> but I think one of those factors that they were so concerned about for a while, too, was the secrecy behind how Major League Baseball makes their balls. Um, because there's a big, uh, brouhaha about that. And, uh, (laughs) that they, um, uh, I do know that the, like the mud that they Mm -hmm. use to cover the balls, uh, to like give them a little bit of the, the tinge and the, uh, thing is like from a secret place, like on the farm. (laughs) Like, honestly, I swear you can look it up and find it. (laughs) It's super weird. And, and they're like, they won't tell you kind of like the secret sauce or like what are the 13 yep. uh, flavors in KFC chicken they're like yep. well we're not going to really tell you all of them but trust us you're going to like it you know what I mean <laughs> um, everybody's like you're juicing these balls because you wanted more people to watch baseball and they're like no 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 baseball hasn't changed and they're like no yeah. we think that maybe it has so it's definitely <laughs> I don't know who knows uh, I do uh, know I mean everything is showing us with the changes in baseball this year that games are shorter and yeah and they are more stolen bases and yep. yada 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 with the pitch clock yeah and like so. they changed the where the players can be in the defense and there's yeah. definitely been more hits can't do the shift yeah, yeah. which so, is good like that's what the the goal of those changes were to make baseball better for the viewer on tv on tv specifically because yeah. if i'm going to a game i don't mind if it's three or four hours I, yeah i'm taking the whole night to come here right? but also like it is more fun when there's more hits Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. matter. Like, it's more and fun when there's no I, hits. W- I do suppose on, like, a school night, if a game starts at 7, it yeah. getting over at 10.30 and me getting home by 11 <laughs> to go to work tomorrow is probably not as much of a win. You no. know what I mean? No, so, no, no. I get it, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's, yeah. Been, it's been good. 
That's great. So that's my little fun fact for you. Good. If you follow me on uh, on Facebook, on Instagram or whatever, then you already probably know this. And I even mentioned it on Sunday too. But on on Easter Sunday, Aubrey led a song called "The Song of a Sense." Yeah, you were humming um, it before oh we. Oh my gosh! <laughs> before we clicked, it's record. so freaking good, Megan. <laughs> It's an older song, too. That's what makes me feel silly because it's been out forever. She's like, I wanted to sing this like three years ago, and we just didn't get it, get didn't get to it. And uh, anyways, <laughs> I was listening to it this week and um, and just even like some of the theology behind mm-hmm. it and the teaching of it. And um, yeah, it, it was awesome. And I, we had somebody in the church go through something pretty tragic, and it was a helpful, like I sent them this song to be like, hey, this may, might help in this season, right? And... Uh, anytime that that can come along, I think is a good is yeah. a good one. So add that to your playlist. Um, and is it Hillsong? Yeah, it's Hillsong. Um, which you know I'm always like kind of hit and miss with them a little bit, but this one was really really good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's called Highlands, and then in parentheses, Song of Ascent. So add that to your playlist. All right, I think that'll do it for this week's episode so. of Say Something Interesting. We uh, are going to be off next week because I'm going to be traveling, okay. doing our church planners trip thing. We'll be back in two weeks. Nice. And uh, I'll be back on Sunday to do part two, but, uh, uh, or, well, sorry, that's this weekend. I'm, I'm here for sure this weekend, and then I'm here the following weekend too, but um, it'll be good. Uh, what else? Uh, Anything else? Anything I'm, else to I promo? I'm good. Okay. We got 101 coming up in a couple of weeks. If you've never been a part of a 101, we'd love to have you over, kind of tell you the story about Eastlake and how it started and what we care about and all that good stuff. So yeah. check it out. Go to the, uh, the website and click on the events page for more info on that other than that we will see you back uh on sunday morning in person at 9 15 or 10 30 or online we're live streaming both services at the same time as well so all right have a good week guys bye everyone.